So here's the deal. We are making much of Jesus Christ and we are gonna celebrate in this Christmas season. Ready? And all of God's people said. Well, hello. I am Pastor Steve McGinnis, the uh, missions and family pastor. And uh, I kind of feel a little bit like uh, last man standing here. I'm one of the pastors that's not on isolation or quarantine right now or some of the staff. We've got a number that uh, have, but uh, uh, it's so great to be here with you. I'm a little, um, just a little intimidated after the last guy that was up here. I don't have that cool accent. I mean, what, is he from like Tennessee or something or what's, uh, no, it's uh, great to have Pastor Glenn uh, join us on staff and uh, it's been just awesome as he's kind of hit the ground running here in the midst of all of the craziness of COVID and come alongside to minister to people. So, so thankful for that. Well, we are in a series right now entitled Sing Out. And last week, you heard from Pastor Tim as we walked through Mary's song. And uh, we're going to uh, uh, jump into God's Word here the, and continue that series here uh, by looking in Luke chapter 1 at Zachariah's song. And so we see in Scripture several of these different songs that we see around the Christmas story that are written in the, in this, in the Gospels here. And specifically here with Zechariah and uh, just a, a little bit of background of, of who Zechariah was and uh, Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth and they were actually uh, relatives of Mary and uh, Zechariah was a priest of God and in the uh, first chapter here, the first few verses of Luke chapter 1, uh, we see a little bit about Zechariah, and just to give a little background kind of leading up to the song here that we're going to look uh, later in that chapter, we know that Zechariah was a priest of God. We know that part of the priestly duties is they would take these two-week rotations, and they were wherever they lived or uh, around the nation of Israel, they would go to Jerusalem and uh, would cycle through every two weeks here and have duties there in the, in the responsibilities in the temple. And so Zechariah was uh, a part of that and was um, doing his stint there in uh, Jerusalem at the temple. And uh, on this particular day that's recorded, he went into uh, the, out, the uh, uh, holy place there where the altar of incense was because he was to light the altar of incense. And as he was in there, he, I'm sure, went in. This was a big deal uh, for the priest. And, and so he would have taken this just so, uh, this responsibility so seriously, been so prepared. And as he went in to do this responsibility of lighting the altar of incense, all of a sudden an angel appears to him. And uh, I think it just, we can hardly even imagine what that would have been like to, to be there with this angelic being that just appears to him all of a sudden, and it says that he was afraid. And so often you see the first words out of the mouths of angels is, do not be afraid. You got nothing to worry about here. On the contrary, he was there to deliver a message. He said, look, your wife Elizabeth is going to, to, to bear a son, and you will call his name John. Now, if you know a little bit about Elizabeth, she was actually, they were a little older in age and getting out of those childbearing years. And not only that, they were unable to have children. 
And especially in that time and in that culture, the, the, we can't even hardly imagine the stigma that went with that. And, and almost the, the personal shame that they would have felt. It was something that they had prayed about and prayed about and prayed about. But I think at this point, it almost given up hope. And the angel says, you're going to have this son, and you will call his name John. And Zachariah's response was, how shall this be? Literally, I think what he's saying is, I I can't even believe this. It it just seems too far-fetched. And we see the angel here raises up a little bit and says, my name is Gabriel. I am the messenger of God. From this point on, you will not be able to speak. You will be silent, mute, until the child comes. And we see there, Zechariah then comes out of the temple He is unable to speak from that point on, but yet he comes out of the temple with an an unbelievable sense of awe at what God was doing and the message that had been given to him. And so after nine months, Elizabeth gives birth to a son, and she says to the family that's around there, call him John. And they said, wait a minute, there's no Johns in our family. Are you sure you don't want to name him Zachariah after his father? And they turn to Zachariah and says, what, what should we name this son? And he writes on a tablet, his name is John. And he fulfills the prophecy there of the angel, the command of the angel. And at that point, he can speak. At that point, he starts to bless God, praise God, and that's where we pick up here in the story in Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 67. This is Zachariah's song here, starting in verse 67. If you're taking notes, point number one, bless the Lord for all that he has done. Bless the Lord for all that he has done. Verse 67 says, And his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying. And this this child, John, his father, Zechariah, it says, was filled with the Spirit. And he starts to prophesy, and he starts to, we see this song that now will come out from this. Everybody say, that's inspired. Say it big and say it loud. That's inspired. You betcha here. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. What we see here, these inspired words of God through Zechariah, verse 68. It says, bless the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. Blessed be the Lord here. We're saying, look, we see the the praise and the the excitement, the first thing out of his mouth after all of this time and not being able to have children and the, the miraculous event of Gabriel and then nine months of silence. And he can hardly contain himself once he can speak and says, blessed be the God of Israel. What a magnificent God I serve, Zechariah is saying. 
And he starts to list off where he has visited and redeemed his people. Now, it's interesting here because he's actually talking in the past tense of what is actually going to be taking place here because he's talking about Jesus at this point. This first half is all about Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Absolutely. I agree with you. This is about Jesus. He, will, he has visited and redeemed his people. This is talking about the little baby Jesus born of Mary. We've given, it's been given the name Emmanuel, God with us. Just sang that offertory song about the, the, the coming of God in human form, God with us. He's visited his people. He came down to us for a purpose. And that's the next one. And redeemed his people. Redeemed his people. He was coming to live a perfect life and die to, to pay the penalty of sin, to buy our freedom, literally is what's being said here. This was going to be the work of, of, of Jesus, his mission in life here as he comes to us. He's visited and redeemed his people. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel. So how do we bless the Lord? How do we bless the Lord? Here's the top three ways to bless the Lord. Number one, remember him. Remember him. As we are seeing and all that God is doing and where God is work, remember it, acknowledge it, praise, the, be able to see what was taking place and say, whoa, that was God at work. And remembering back of all that God has done. Remember him, number two. Number two is to thank him. As we reflect on what God has done, it should then drive us to our knees in gratitude. Thank you, Lord, for all that you have done. Thank you for how you worked in this instance, how you worked in that instance, how you provided, how you protected, even in the midst of something that seemed like a tragedy, and yet you were able to work in the midst of that. Even through the pain and at times the tears, and to be able to, to thank him for that. And then number three, tell others. To then share it out. To be able to go along and say, hey, let me tell you how my God is awesome. This is what God has done. You want to bless the Lord this Christmas season, this week that, that is coming up leading to Christmas here? Here's three great ways. Remember him, thank him, and tell others about him. Verse 69, he continues, he says, and, and has raised up the horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. He's raised up the horn of salvation. Now, this is a phrase that we don't usually use a lot, right? The horn of salvation. Or, and, and, and that the, the horn of an animal is, is many times used to signify uh, a, a strength, uh, it, it's used to, to signify authority, power. And so as the, the description here, this, the horn of salvation, it, it's that the power and authority to save. It was going to be the work of Jesus here as he lives and then dies to save his people from their sins. And so he raises up the horn of salvation 
He says, in the house of his servant David. We see here a mention here of the Davidic covenant, uh, of the promise that God made and said, look, out of the, the house of David, look, David, that, that your descendants would come, out of your descendants would come the Messiah, the Christ. And so we see this here continuing in the line of David and the mention of the Davidic covenant. It says, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets of old. As he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets of old. We saw, if you look back into the Old Testament over and over, the the prophet Isaiah, the prophet Zechariah, the prophet Micah, and many others that had prophesied of the Messiah that would come, the birth of Christ. You can go back through and there's over 44 different prophecies that was being fulfilled with the birth of Christ. We see here Zechariah mentioning there, this is what the prophets of old had been telling us. This is what we have been looking forward to is now come about. That we should be saved from our enemies and from the hands of all who hate us. Verse 71. We should be saved from our enemies. Literally, that, that this one that would come, this, this Messiah, this Jesus, would be our provider and our protector. That would protect us and provide and, and come alongside from the enemies that may raise up against us. And, and, and truly we see this, this protector here in Christ that we see in a spiritual way, but also in a very real physical, political way that would take place as he starts to usher in the kingdom of God that comes to fruition there in the end times when he sets up his millennial kingdom and on into to eternity. And this was the first big step in that as he would then protect from the enemies that would raise up against. And then he continues, and show the mercy promised to our fathers. Show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. To show this mercy, and mercy, remember, is is sparing us from what we deserve. This mercy that was promised to our fathers. All through the Old Testament, they were given this promise, the, the, the payment of sins, as they offered up sacrifices to, to just kind of put a Band-Aid, ever Band-Aid, and all of those sacrifices were pointing to the sacrifice that was Jesus that was going to come, where God provided mercy and spared us because of, 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 our, of our problem of sin and the penalty of that. And so, here the mercy that was promised to our fathers to remember his holy covenant, to reflect back on this covenant that was made and what what covenant is he talking about? Verse 73 says, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham. So now we see reference to the Abrianic covenant. Remember when, when God came to Abraham and says, your descendants will be like the sand on the sea. It would just be so numerous, like the stars in the sky, so many that you can't even begin to count. And from those descendants and, and for all of those as they come, the, 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 those who bless you will be blessed. Those who cursed you will be cursed. And he goes on and says in Genesis 22 that, that all of the nations will be blessed because of your descendants and 
and specifically that of Christ. And we see the reflection back here, Zechariah is saying that Abrahamic covenant, the Davidic covenant, all of the things that those people and the Israelites would have been so well aware of is saying, look, all of it is coming to be in the Christ that is just on the verge of being born. Verse 74, that we being delivered from the hands of our enemies might serve him without fear. That we being delivered from the hands of our enemies, being spared, protected, that we might serve him without fear. We can worship and serve in confidence of knowing that he's got this. That he's got this. No matter what's going on, we can trust and, and we can serve him because of all that he's done and we can serve him without fear of, oh, I, am I just out on this limb here by myself? But, but to know that, that he's got this. Not only that, we serve him without fear, but also in holiness and righteousness before him all of our days in holiness and righteousness. Let me tell you what, this is not because of our holiness or righteousness. Amen? Amen. We are made holy. We're made righteous. This is God's work in us as we come to Christ and he declares us righteous before a holy God. Because of the work of Jesus on the cross, we can be holy and righteous even in the midst of being sinners. It's just an incredible, credible things to, to reflect back on. As we can serve in holiness and righteousness all the days of our life. All the days of our life. You know, it's just a, a amazing here. We're seeing a little bit of Zachariah. Think about this. Not speaking for nine, over nine months can't say a word, but watching God at work, watching his, his, his wife as she gets bigger and bigger in the pregnancy, for this child that they could not have, for this child that they had prayed about, that they had just really have given up on, and that God was providing. And then to see the birth of this child and then to reflect back and say, thank you, Lord. Wow, what an amazing thing. You know, we are in the uh, week of Christmas. Kind of sometimes can be a little bit of busy or week. The uh, activity level goes up. Uh, we, uh, my son and, and his wife, Thomas and Kristen, actually bought a house this week. And uh, we're super excited for them. And uh, before they move in, there's a number of remodeling projects that uh, are taking place. And so the week before Christmas, we've jumped into remodeling mode. As you see there, you should see the other guy here. I took a four-foot oak uh, crown molding to the nose here Friday night. And uh, as we were tearing out one of the walls there and we're doing some 
some remodeling there. And it's been fun to be able to come alongside and Tiffany and I uh, just working with them along with, Tif- um, uh, with uh, Kristen's parents, uh, Keith and Doris, and just had a lot of, uh, of great family time as we are working on projects. And, and the other night we came home and it was kind of a, a long day with that. And then we started listing off all of the things that we had to do uh, with Christmas here right around the corner and some things that still needed to get, some packages that needed to be sent, some all this. And you could just feel as the more they kept talking about the things that we had to do and the busyness that was leading up to this week and, and all of that, just the, the, the tension starts to go up and we just start to get, oh my goodness, the thoughts of, are we going to be able to get everything done for all the things that are coming here this weekend and, and the hurried, busy and all of that. And then at some point in there, I don't even remember who said it, but one of us kind of remembered and said, you know what, though? This is a lot different than it was a year ago right now. Because a year ago right now, uh, Thomas was deployed in uh, Kuwait. And I remember as we kind of went through the Christmas stuff and Kristen was over his wife and we actually had the phone set up as we were FaceTiming here because he's halfway around the world. And then one year later... He's around here, bought a house, and doing this, and all of a sudden, we were like, you know, the stress goes down, and we said, we have so much to be thankful for. And I thought about that. How many times, and guys, I I, I don't know where you're at. You may be in the the throes of everything that's going on, and right now, and with, with COVID and all of that, and it may be a stressful time. It may be a tough time physically. It may be a, the, whatever the ups and downs that we go through, and God never promises that everything's going to be easy, but he says he'll be there with us. But in the midst of that, though, if you start to look around, it doesn't take much before you start to see different things where you can see God at work and the things that we can be thankful for what he is doing in our midst and to be thanking him. So let me ask you here, how about you? How are you doing this, this week at blessing God? How are you doing here this Christmas season at blessing the Lord? Are you spending some time and reflecting on all that he's done? Are you thanking him for that? Are you sharing it out to the people that you come in contact with and to be able to point everything and say, man, let me just tell you how great our God is and what he's doing. Bless the Lord this week. Reflect, thank, and share. Number two, bless the Lord for all that he will do. Bless the Lord for all that he will do. Continue in verse 76. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. And you, child here, literally saying, and you now, John. The first verses we looked at, we're talking about Jesus. The rest of this here passage is talking about John. And you, John, will be the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his way. So you will be a prophet of the Most High. 
And so Zechariah is talking about his son, that his life's mission would be to be the forerunner of Christ, to be able to go ahead of Jesus. And as they are growing up, and then right before Jesus will start his ministry, John's going to come onto the scene in a big public way and start pointing and saying, look, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. The one who's coming after me, Jesus, he's the Messiah. And that this was going to be his life work. We, we know that John, uh, John was the one that quoted when he saw Jesus coming down. He said, behold the Lamb of God which takes away the sins of the world. That was John's sole focus and mission here of why God had provided John was to be that arrow to Jesus, to point to Jesus. Now think about this. Zechariah is writing this right at the birth of his son. How awesome, how cool is this that Zechariah is looking at this little baby and knew his mission for life, knew what his purpose was going to be and to be able to celebrate that. Just an amazing thing. And he says, you will be the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord and prepare his way to give knowledge, give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins. To give knowledge, to give instruction to the people of this is the way of salvation. To be able to say, repent, to turn from sin. We would say it this way, to to walk the ABCs, to admit that you are a sinner in need of a Savior, to believe that Jesus, this one who's coming onto the scene, the Messiah, was coming to live a perfect life, to die for our sins, and then to raise from the dead, and then to see, confess him as Lord, and say, you are now Lord of it. You're in charge, Lord, to instruct in the way of salvation to give knowledge and the forgiveness of sins. How do we deal with our sin problem? And John was there to give instruction on that. Because of the tender mercy of our God. Because of the tender mercy. Because of, of, of God, the tender mercy, literally, uh, the, the word, it gives the idea of the guts of mercy. It's really describing here, this is who God is. Deep down in here, he is a merciful God. At the very essence and character of God, the merciful God. Whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high. The sunrise shall visit us from on high. The light, the amazing warmth and light that a sunrise provides. One of the things I, I, I love about uh, hunting is, be, is, is going out early in the morning before it's light out and the pitch black and you're fumbling through the woods trying to do it as quiet as you can and you get settled into a stand and it's pitch black and a lot of times it's a little, little colder and you're just sitting there. And it's amazing as you're looking around and it's, and it's dark and, and how your mind starts to play tricks on you, right? And you're looking out and you're like, Ooh, what? 
it kind of looks like a little form. And as you start to get the, 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 the just edges of first light before the sun has even come up, and you start to, all of a sudden you start to see shapes. You're like, oh, I think that's a deer. No, that's a bush. All right? And a little bit more and a little bit more. And then just as you're watching there and you see that sun just crack over the horizon, and you see sunrise, and it's just amazing here, all of a sudden, what was so hard to see and to make out becomes just immediately transparent. You, immediately, you know what, what is there. And the light just shines right down in, and as the sun just rises above the horizon, everything becomes crystal clear. It's just a, a spectacular moment, and here he's saying, this is what is being described here. This is what God, the sunrise from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness in the shadow of death. You know, you shine a light in darkness and it immediately fills and the darkness goes away. And we are all in the shadow of death and darkness because of our sin. But God shines his light upon us. He is light. And everything becomes crystal clear. To guide our feet in the way of peace. He gives light and to guide our way in the way of peace. To direct our steps in the way of peace. We see this peace and we, we, so often we, we hear and we see this uh, throughout the Christmas story here. We see it from the angels that declare to the shepherds, peace on earth, goodwill towards men. Jesus was coming to provide peace. Peace to us and peace to the world as he offers salvation to all men. We see verse 80 after that song, then, we get a little bit of a statement here. It says, the child grew and became strong in the spirit and was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel. So the child grew and became strong in the spirit. And we see a little bit, just a glimpse. Can't even imagine of what it was like here for this child as he grows up and he goes off into the wilderness and he's just staying off into the wilderness until that appointed time when God would say, it's time to come in to public and to start your ministry and to start pointing people to Jesus just right before Jesus' ministry was to begin. God had a plan. God had a plan for this prophet John God had a plan for his own son. God had a plan for us. God not only has a plan, God has timing in that plan. I'm sure as John's in the, in the wilderness waiting for that, when God would say, now is the time. Now is the right timing. We see that we can trust God. We can trust God's plan for our lives. We can trust God's timing in our life even when it doesn't make sense. Amen? Been a lot of craziness here over this past year. A lot of things that a year ago 
if I'd have told you this was going to take place, you'd have thought I was crazy. If I'd have told you we were going to be walking into church with masks on, you'd be like, what in the world? If all of the the ups and downs, the sicknesses, the, 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 the job loss, the everything that's taking place. It, it, it sometimes can, can be discouraging. Well, let me encourage you with this. I, I did a little uh, looking back here over the last year, and uh, I look back at some of our records here at the church here just in, in the year 2020, you know, God's been at work in the midst of all that's been taking place. Uh, we have 168 people that have trusted Christ as Savior in this past year that we have record of through our ministry. Amen? 168 professions of faith in 2020 up to this point. And I don't think God's done even yet for this year. That's just what we know of. And I started looking back at some of the previous years and saying, man, it seems like God's been doing some amazing things and even up a little from the previous year. In the midst of all of this craziness that's been taking place. Not only that, in the midst of this, we, we uh, launched an online campus. Amen? Three people here clapped, and I'm sure there's a whole lot more that are clapping right now at home. Absolutely. And so it's something that we were kind of planning on and working through, but yet it kind of just moved up the timetable a little bit, and we were able to launch that campus online, and we're seeing that so many are being able to tune in each week, and it's really kind of cool even to be able to see some of those numbers, but not only that, to see where people are actually tuning in from. And realizing that not only are we reaching out in this area, but God's been able to reach out through the ministry here, even in other areas and at times even around the world where we're seeing people that are logging on and watching that. And so I just want to just encourage you that while it seems like things are just up and down and crazy all the time, God is at work and God's doing some amazing things where if you, if you just look closely, you will see God sightings. You'll be able to see things that take place and then you'll go back and just step back and just say, wow, that could only have been God. So reflect on that here this week leading up to Christmas. Trust God's plan for this ministry, for you, your lives, your family. Trust God's plan. Trust God's timing. It doesn't mean that there aren't moments of, of heartache and sorrow, but we, even in that, we can trust that God's right there with us. But God's doing a work. God's doing something here through all this taking place. Trust him with that. So let me ask you, how are you doing at trusting God right now? How are you doing with trusting God's plan? As we go through this week and leading up to Christmas here at the end of the week, spend some time worshiping your king. Spend some time worshiping. We don't have to live in fear, we saw in this passage. We can live in confidence and knowing 
that he's got it all in his hand. That he's our protector. He's our redeemer. He's our savior. He's our king. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. 